Good afternoon, my friends, family, best friends, old friends, whatever friends. If you're, if you're tuning into this, you're one of our friends. So welcome. Welcome to Time to Adapt. In this podcast, we break down movies and the books behind them. So, with me, as always, Selena. Hi. <laughs> uh, so today, uh, since it's October, the month of spoop, all things spooky, we've decided to start off by talking about Stephen King's It, since that recently came out and is doing actually pretty fantastic. That's right. It's so far, it's the highest grossing horror film of all time, reaching, I think... $500 million, which Holy is unheard God. of for a horror film on a budget of like, I think it was like $35 million. Yeah. Just, which, and then they had, it started off with one director and then they switched directors. So there's some. It started off with um, Kerry Fukunaga, who yeah. got famous through the first season of True Detective, was working on a script. And for a long time, people were kind of like mad that he was kicked off and thought that was like the. <clears throat> A sign that it wasn't going to go well, but then his script leaked, leaked online. And reading that was horrific. For yeah, someone who loved the book loves the book still. I still enjoy. I can't say loved. I love the book. Seeing the things that he wanted to do, he wanted to change the names of characters. It felt like he was trying to take. I don't know the essence of what I enjoyed away from that and go to his own thing. So, anyways. We're going to start <coughs> off with me. the book, I guess, so we can start off with uh, just the thing, the beginning of it all. So it was published in 1986, and according to King, it took him about four years to write it. It is his um, second longest novel he's ever written. Um, at Coming <sighs> second to The Stand with, like, The Stand was 11.53 pages, and uh, this... It was 11.38. Oh, so he's only off by, like, like 18 pages. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Still a super long book. It is... I remember seeing somewhere that it's, like, four pounds or something ridiculous. Or it's... It's it's a good, hefty yeah. novel. What's it... Yeah. So what's interesting... <clears throat> excuse me. My, my. What I think is interesting about the way that the book is structured mm-hmm. is that... For those of you who don't know anything about the book, you've never heard of it before, well, shame on you. But um, the book is in two separate, <clears throat> takes place in two separate eras. There's 1957 to, what, 1958? Uh, yes. And then <clears throat> the second part is when they're adults in the 80s. So that was a different, it, it was very interesting because I had never read a book that was structured in that way where... First off, it starts off describing events, um, actually murders, that have nothing to do with the main characters. They're not involved. They're not even mentioned for the first bit of the book. Uh, But it's all centered on the town, uh, Derry. Mm -hmm. And then you get introduced to them as children. And just as the book goes on, like... Mm -hmm. There are bits where he was writing it'd be mid sentence and the chapter would end and it'd be mm-hmm. them in, when they're adults and then it starts with that same word and then it continues so you're left with this cliffhanger as yeah. to what's going to happen they're children but now you're back to when they're adults and then you get sucked into that world and then they switch back so he does this interesting thing of kind of ripping you out of the like the tone of that portion and then like diving you into another portion and this flip-flopping. But it doesn't... But it works very well. He does a fantastic job at it. Yeah. I think that... Because of that... I mean... For a while... After... After reading most of the book... I come to the conclusion that I think it would have worked better... Um, if he had it. So it was like... First half, 1957. Second half, 1980s. But the more I've been reading it the more I kind of see how it works. It really works to its advantage. Because, like, he ramps up to 
if there's a climax in uh, the part where they're children, it like he starts to build that up and then he cuts to the 80s when they're adults and kind of starts to build off of that. So each event in the past and in the present as where they are connected. So he has this weird way of connecting these events across time. Mm-hmm. But, and it is kind of great because, I mean, obviously it's a Stephen King book, so a lot of the characters from his other books show up. As, like, the uh, the turtle from The Stand. Mm-hmm. Not as, The Stand, I'm, I'm sorry. The, um, the gunslinger. Oh, uh, Dark Tower. Dark Tower. <clears throat> yeah. Um, also... Certain characters like um, Dick Halloran from The Shining shows up. Um, yep. There's, I mean, Derry is one of King's big, uh, big stories or his big, big stories, his um, towns mm-hmm. that he, he revisits a lot. And so there's a lot of um, it comes up in the Tommy Knockers. It comes up in um, uh, a certain character in one of his later books, Insomnia, worked for one of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. So, did it you is have cool a d- that. yeah? Uh, did you have any favorite bit of the story? Any favorite section? Because <laughs> um, for me, I, I've had I have multiple that just there's a lot that, that I, I was th- like hoping that we're gonna be in the the adaptations. I there's a lot that I really liked. I think like on the standpoint of like as a literary standpoint, I think one of the best things is the very beginning and the fact that when you think of these of, of books about like kids triumphing over evil you don't really think kids are going to die and lo and behold in the first 30 pages of the book it is, is Georgie's first is and the confrontation with Pennywise for the first time by doing this he may obviously spoilers he gets his arm ripped off and he and, dies. And he gets killed. But yeah. Yeah. And it's gruesome. It's it's very it's from his point of view. I remember reading it being like, holy shit. <laughs> this like it's written to his point of view to the point where he dies. And he describes the pain, just And the what he's fear. thinking about as he's dying. And it's followed by other murders written 30 years later 30 years later that are written in such a way that it's very violent and graphic yeah but it sucks you into the novel Mm -hmm. and what's even better is i think um it's really cool how there are the little bits where um it's a character that's like not a main character it's just a character that's there so pennywise will kill it will kill that person and you hear from their point of view and you get like you get like mentions here and there from others. You get um, I can't remember the name of, the, of his character, but there's one character who is killed by uh, well, Pennywise is a shapeshifter. Yes, he's a shapeshifter who um, we'll get into his um, backstory a little bit later. But basically, the way that the the children see that the kids in Dairy see him is that he looks like a clown. He's a manifestation of their fears. Yeah, and he can take, he knows what they're afraid of and uses that to his advantage to help scare them because scaring them makes their meat salt, is like the equivalent of salting the meat, as he says. Because there's a really cool part in the book where it's just from his perspective. Yeah. It's Pennywise telling the readers how he, what he does, and it's (laughs) creepy as all hell. (laughs) That was the one part I was reading that, listening to that part. This morning, I was like, oh. I was also hungover, so that had a lot to do with it, too. But. Yeah. It's definitely. Oh, another part in the book that I was curious as to your thoughts was obviously the famous orgy scene that they've. Oh, God. They can't film because it's children. Yeah, yeah. And as. After I've read, like, the book and all the things that were added, uh, that I was hoping would be added to the films. I was very glad that no one wanted, like, you can't do this. You can't. No. You can't film this. Also, while reading it, I was what I didn't get it. I was like, Stephen King, what are you doing, sir? Well, I, a- I kind of understand what you were trying to do by writing the scene, that they had to get out of the tunnels. Because this is a part in the story where 
the kids they're they've just defeated they've just Pennywise. defeated Pennywise, but they're lost in the sewers. And the way to get out is they all have sex with um, Bev. With Bev, but it yeah. was I was like that. There could have been a different way to yes. do the same, like. Because I saw what he was trying to do. It was very uncomfortable. And I was like, sir, I don't like this. Yeah, what he was. But he was trying to have them, like, they're, like, they're being together or, uh, like, gives them power. But it's like, you could have just had them, like, hold hands, you know, in a circle. Hold hands. Like, or even, like, if even like if Beverly, like, just kissed each of the guys. <laughs> that, it's, that would be a hell of a lot more easy to explain. There is, so, like... There is something that King has said about that scene mm-hmm. and how it, usually he always gets asked about it. And his whole thing, and I'm not, this isn't a defense at all, mm-hmm. but his whole thing is, you know, it's, it's incredible that people keep bringing up that scene, but they don't bring up the fact that so many children are murdered. There, there's so much death and violence. And I'm like, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because it's a child orgy. <laughs> we don't need a child orgy. We're more, I guess... I can see what he's saying is that like that is so out of the norm obviously but and there's sort of a we're so we're more comfortable with the idea of murder than an orgy yeah (laughs) well I mean yeah he did say I did find this quote where he said he wasn't really thinking of the sexual aspect of it he said that his intentions when writing the scene like the sexual act was connected at connected childhood and adulthood. That's true. The t- uh, times have changed since I wrote that scene, and there is now more sensitivity on those issues. This is so true. So he under like he understands the whole like everyone freaking out about it because it's weird as hell and very uncomfortable. But for, like while reading the book, I didn't necessarily see it as necessary. Like as yeah. as part of the overall story, I see like from reading that quote and seeing what he said about it i'm like i understand what you were going for but overall i don't think it was necessary in the story but. yeah it's really it really comes out of the out of the blue and it, that's how it feels i mean to be fair there is i'm not sure if this is one of the books that he wrote when he was on his hot when he was on cocaine because <laughs> there was a good point part of the 80s where he was mainly writing like well crazy high on cocaine and a sure, lot of yeah. his and, like, one of the things that he stated is that he was so good at hiding it, but the only place that you could see was his writing. In his writing, you could tell that there was something going on. So, I could definitely see how that's that that could be one of the many maniacal things that he just randomly typed out. He's like, ha, 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 But I really think that... I, I think that with King and how intelligent he is, I see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I can see that he, that's not what he, he was. He wasn't just trying to get away with child pornography. Yeah. That being said, that was a product of its time. And nowadays, we're looking back on it. We are was, looking at it from a modern perspective. From a modern perspective, it does not. Oh, it's no. No. <laughs> no. Just no. So, yeah. that's really all I can say about <laughs> the fam- that famous orgy scene. I would like as to... a story, like it did scare me though. So for oh, a yes. horror book, like I remember reading that he kind of wanted to write, like he'd been known for these scary books, and he wanted to write a horror book, and this was kind of like, like uh, just everything that he had gained throughout the years, just like all his horror knowledge. He's like, I'm gonna just put into one book, and for a story. As a as a novel, it scared me. I had it nightmares. I was I like every time I saw a drain, I was like, "We all float down here." Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. And it's very interesting to see how that fear from the book, like how they try to translate that into the adaptations that came, as in the series where um, Tim Curry did such a fantastic job being Pennywise. He was like. He was very much Tim Curry in how he portrayed the character, but he kind of just ran with it. I would say, um, like, it's weird for me because as much as I like to be scared, there's very few books out there that have really, that really, like, get under my skin. So reading it, like, all this stuff is happening, I'm like, oh, that's pretty, that, that's pretty cool. 
not like in the I wasn't I didn't get really scared by it, but the idea of what was going on, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of a I don't want that to happen to me. Um as always, like the stuff that like the the different things that um it takes the manifestation of in order to scare people in order to, in order to to take the kids is very much of its time because in the book you know it takes the form of the mummy it takes place of the, it takes a the, the wolf man even the frankenstein monster at one point oh and oh creature in the black lagoon which is the, again one of my other favorite parts of the book is the um point of view of the one kid who one of the kids who gets killed by pennywise and he's killed because it takes the the manifestation of um, the creature from the Black Lagoon and mm-hmm. kills him. And like as he's like dying, he's thinking to himself, "This can't be real. This can't be real. This has to be a fake mask." As he's trying to rip at the back of his head. Meanwhile, his own his own head is being ripped off of his. Yeah, and I really like the way that 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 was written and like how it did sound like what that might be what you'd be thinking about when your head's getting ripped off, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great book though. I, I enjoyed reading it. I've had, I love how there, there are so many moments and this also, I got this a lot from the movie adaptation, which we'll get into later, but there were so many moments that I adored because they've made me miss being a kid. Yes. There are these great moments when like. There's come like even though like you know as a kid you know it's it can be really it can really suck or it can be really good it all depends on how you're raised and what you're and like and the and people your you have around you yeah. and uh, especially like the scene the rock fight scene yes even though it was terrifying to a degree where it's like these these bigger kids are trying to like physically harm the losers club yeah but the losers club like is formed. By just, like, the whole rock battle just kind of brought me back to, like, not, like, intentionally trying to hurt other kids. But, you know, you just, like, you know, having, like, battles with your friends and, like, make-believe and pretend and all that. But I do, overall, it was, he did a good job of terrifying. And it's interesting to see how they try to take the the core themes and tone from the book and try and translate that on screen and for a lot of people who grew up where the series was uh like the first thing they saw it terrified them there are people who were like i saw it as a kid and now i have a clown phobia like i I have a clown phobia, <laughs> but <laughs> that's because of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> like, and it's funny. That's you, a whole different thing. But... It's funny you mention that because <laughs> this the, the modern day like fear of clowns is a relatively new thing. Because when like King put out it, he chose it to take, he chose it to take the form of Pennywise, the dancing clown, so much because it wasn't it didn't seem like something that you would find scary. You know, he based it off of Bozo the Clown, Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And obviously there's some reference, there's some like John Wayne Gacy stuff going on with the whole way it was set up. But nowadays it's like, like as a kid, I remember like, you know, clowns would come to the, to my local school and they'd entertain the kids. We thought it was all funny and hilarious. And nowadays, like that shit like scares the <laughs> shit out of people. <laughs> And it's really cool to see how, like, even though I would say that looking back on the miniseries, it does not hold up well. It's not aged well. It's not very, it's not aged well. But for the people who grew up for, like, with it, it terrified them. So it did do, it's like, as an adaptation, it did do its job in keeping, I guess, to the core of, like, some aspects of the story. And they were able to terrify a generation of people and yeah. make people scared of clowns, like the the image of a clown or yeah. the idea of a clown. But um, I think another uh, part of that is that, like like always, I think that the the first half is still okay, and it's good because the actors are really the like are likable. The um, 
the child actors they have are they're fantastic. One of them is Seth Green. Yeah, yeah. And um, Tim Curry is he's just he's Tim Curry. (laughs) He's having a blast. He knows, like in the book, Pennywise always like as he always took the he tried his best to make the clown look as approachable as possible. That's why it so easily was able to coerce Georgie. That's how it was able to coerce other people, without a doubt, from um, cycles past. Yeah. And in the series, the way that Tim Curry plays Pennywise, he does make him more approachable, as he said. Like, even though he physically, like, visually looks kind of creepy and not that, like... Like, I wouldn't trust him. (laughs) I wouldn't trust him to be anywhere near me. But the way that he plays Pennywise is so... Not ridiculous, but almost... He, like, with a tad, like, absurdity, he does make him a little bit approachable. Whereas, like, later on, as we'll talk about Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise, it's a very totally different feel. Yeah. And without a doubt, I think, like, the the whole, like, tonality, the shifting... Of like how there's there are these really dark mo- dark places in the books, where they're in the sewers, and then out of nowhere comes Pennywise in this <laughs> crazy stupid clown costume, and to the kids it's freaking terrifying. And now it's and now I think it has to do with like when um I can't remember the exact word. It's not Uncanny Valley, but it's like when you see something some somewhere that it's not supposed to be and that's what that's what freaks you out Uh is when you find something where it shouldn't be and that's sort of the fear kind of thing that comes from like seeing pennywise in the sewers and then eventually as we know about his 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 true being what he truly is so for i would say for the series it was a good adaptation for its time Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't say it's still it doesn't really hold up anymore, as we've kind of discussed, no. but for its time, it worked, and yes. it it was new, and uh, how they filmed some scenes like that, like the the blood dripping on the the picture, um, the picture of Georgie, like that wasn't that hadn't really been seen in like a made like yeah. television movie. There was that. And then Tim Curry, obviously, like, I know um, by doing some reading, like, he said that he was hesitant about doing this after doing Legend and all the makeup that it was involved. But they really didn't have to use that much makeup on him because he was, did, his performance was just so, like, yeah. great. <laughs> like, and there, it the, was very Tim Curry. <laughs> and there's some great onset photos of, like, the, the kids hanging out with Tim Curry and his and the full makeup and everything. And, like, it was obvious that, like, they knew who Curry was. So they weren't going to – they're not that scared by him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, the stories about when um, they introduced Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård, to the cast in the new It, they had the, like, he came out without makeup on, introduced himself, and they got to talk to him a bit. Then he went bent back into the makeup room. And then they put on everything and came back, and he was still freaking terrifying to these kids, <laughs> even though he had just met them. Yeah. So, is again, it's it, like you said, it's all about like different different generations, different ways to react to this kind of thing. And kind of like just bouncing off of that, like for us, since we didn't really grow up on the on this uh, series, like we have this film now, and. For someone, like, who's terrified of clowns to begin with, like, I hated people in masks as a kid. I still do. I never liked, like, those people in suits at Disney. Like, even though they were Disney characters, I'm like, there's someone up in there, and that's creepy. I don't want a picture with them. So, like, having the kind of fear to begin with, and then reading the book, and then just having that kind of, like, like more images to add to my fear... I saw the trailer for the film and I was like, wow, this like it 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 looks like it was shot really nicely. This looks really good. So I was torn. And finally like seeing it, I was terrified because there are a lot of scary clown bits. But Oh yeah. Like with all that like aside, it was actually a pretty good like adaptation. Like 
everything, all the core bits of the story that I enjoyed, um, the kids and their relationships with each other and their banter was very much true to the story. Um, it had a very Goonies vibe to it. Yeah, that's exactly, like... And the fact that, like... I love that, like, 80s, like, Goonies kind of story. And that was what attracted me to the book to begin with. And that was carried so well from the, uh, from the book into the movie. And then there were aspects of the movie that they changed that I didn't like or really necessarily agree with. Still, the core of it was very much the same as the book and I could get lost in the movie and still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the cinematography was great and the whole, um, the way that there were these good moments were like, there's really scary moments and then there's like a good like, you know, like 10, 15 minutes that, that really kind of cool you down you're like, okay, okay and then, boom, something scary and then you have like a little less time to get to prepare and then boom, again, again. And, uh, so I want to get into um, the 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 big one, um, Tim Curry versus Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, because that's gonna be that's like the one thing that like that's so many definitely people what haven't. yeah that's what a lot of people have brought up is like there are people who come to, like who came to this movie with the image of Tim Curry in their head and they were stacking Bill Skarsgård's performance against Tim Curry's. Which I don't think is are you, necessarily. Are you, are you team Tim Curry or team Bill Skarsgård? I actually am not a, on a team, to okay. be honest, because okay. their their performances are so different because they approach the roles very differently. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Curry came about it more in like the feeling that I got was he's coming at it as a kind of like a clown, not necessarily as a demonic monster. As whereas Bill Skarsgård, he saw this character as what he was like. As in the book, he's otherworldly. He's not of this world. He's not really. He's just a monster. With and Bill, kind of approached the role as. Uh, let's see. Like he was like he wanted to do it differently because why he's like I can't do Tim Curry's performance. Because Tim Curry's performance is his own. So I can't replicate that. Yeah, and I think what Bill did Bill did good that um, Curry didn't was Bill made Pennywise a lot more demonic. Yes. He made him more evil. And in a way, in a way that sort of stuff it sort of feels off when you watch when you when you read the book and then watch the new movie. Because, like, in the book, like always, Penny, Pennywise was, he could be charming and funny. And there are moments when he says some really dark, darkly humorous stuff in the books. But in the movie, he's very much more like... He feels very pure evil. Yes. And even though there are some moments where he does say th- some things that might come off as humorous... But he says it in a way that's still incredibly dark. So even though he's saying something that comes across as like, well, that's kind of funny, but like you're so terrified or so like you're so uncomfortable with how he says it, you you don't really find it funny. Absolutely. (laughs) It's it's pretty crazy. So are you uh, Tim Curry or are you on teams Bill Skarsgård? I'm very much on your side. I it's, <laughs> I can't really pick between the two of them because they're both so different and took very different um, ways of looking at the character. Yeah. And it works really well, especially because, like, like we said before, Curry had more fun with the role and Bill Skarsgård... I think it Bill Skarsgård more... had fun with the role. Oh, like, he had you fun can't with... have you. I feel like... As an actor, it must be fun to play something that has no rules. Like he, like it. Pennywise doesn't have any rules. Yeah. Besides, you know, he's just insane. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that like um, with Bill Skarsgård's performance, I'd almost say it's like Pennywise trying to do a Heath Ledger Joker impression, in that it's just so. Um, it's just it's more demonic it's more almost a little bit of anarchy is sort of 
put into the way that he's set up. Huh. Um, I don't know if I don't know if if I'm getting if I'm getting through at all, but it's definitely something we're like with Tim Curry. Pennywise had he was more it was more true to what 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 was in the book his the way his Pennywise looked, whereas this one. Like the makeup, it looks wrong. It, it it looks more sinister. Everything about him just spells sinister. When they premiered that first image of Pennywise at Comic Con last year, I straight ever, up no. I was like, I was mm, like <laughs> nope. <laughs> so nope. I'm about to board this nope train to Nopeville because yep. straight up nopes. <laughs> and like all throughout the book, like like oh, the book, the movie, the new movie. Um, Skarsgård finds little things that he can do that help add f- terror and freak and like a way to really like play with the play, play with the viewer. So like for example, his eye thing. Yeah, that's something that he that he that he's always done since he was a kid. He could like make his eyes go whoop, like a, in two different directions, yeah. or the smile that he did. Yeah, that he, he practiced for hours. He's. He could do that as a kid. He, I read this inter, uh, I saw this interview that he had on, I believe it was uh, Jimmy Fallon. I'll have to double check. Don't hold me that it was an interview. <laughs> but I think it was said, Jimmy Kimmel. But... Jimmy Kimmel, one of the Jimmys. Yes, one of them. <laughs> and as a kid, he had this character where he'd put his shirt over his head and he'd do that weird smile where it's like his lip was puckered at the like that creepy it smile and he would about like walk around the house doing this character and he just did it in his um i think he did it in his second audition that he had and they were like yes <laughs> yes that's what we want <laughs> bravo sir yes that's... well it's interesting i guess i i hadn't um i hadn't read that i read something completely different <laughs> i need to stop. he probably did practice it a lot yeah. though because that it was, it's definitely It her. was the laugh. That's what it was. Yes. He was practicing the laugh like crazy. And so, like, he, he would mention, I'm pretty sure it was on the exact same interview, mentioning how he, while he would be driving to work for the audition, he would be practicing the laugh by just yeah. laughing all the freaking time <laughs> with his windows up. <laughs> so, to everyone commitment. else, he looked like, an, like just a complete crazy person. So, but. committed to the role. Committed to the role. Okay, let's Method move as you on. Go. <laughs> so, um, some overall conclusions. We never really haven't really got into the the uh, the new movie, really. Yeah. So, I'm, let's talk about what like what we like. What what scared us the most? I want to talk about some of the great stuff in this and the adaptation. Among these things, I loved how. They updated a lot of the scary stuff. Yeah. So, for example, in the books, it was the mummy, it was the wolf man that scared some of the guys, and in they this did one, keep the leper the same though kept, for the character Eddie. Yeah, and, but they changed his. They changed what he says because obviously having a, a, a homeless guy screaming, "I'm gonna give you a blowjob," is not is not very. Still, but the movie is rated R. Like, they oh yeah, it. oh yeah. But it's still, it's still like, I feel like if they had him saying all that, saying that stuff, it would kind of detract. It would, it would detract or... and have like a bit of a, a, sh- a tonal shift, especially because they never really get into why he says that stuff to, to, to scare True. him. So what I loved was, um, I believe it was the character Eddie who was the one. Um, no wait, Ben Hanscom was the fat one, right? Yeah, Ben Hanscom. Ben's the one who was reading the books when he went to the library to like do research. And there's the bit where they go into one of the things that Pennywise used to do, or one of his past um, cycles. Yeah. He ended up going to, uh, there was like an explosion at a, at a um, factory right next to an Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. And like all these children were killed. And there's this one, deca- there's this one photo he finds where he finds the head of a kid in a tree. And then when he goes downstairs to look for something... You know it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know what Pennywise is gonna do, and this the way that the scene is set up. I think it's one of the best scenes of the year. With the, the that's the a, that's a big thing to say. Best scene of the it's, year. It's one of the best. It's one of my favorite like movie scenes this year. Um, when 
he slowly you hear him walk down the and you see that you see the charred legs you see the oh the slow reveal the slow reveal I was and you so see stressed. and you see the smoke coming <laughs> off of him so it's like he's still burning and then and, it's just no, no head. head and just the way it's set up is so perfect the one let's get into the things that are different of um, about the film than the book so going because of Ben Hanscom like how they introduced his character was that he was the new kid at school. Yep. And because, like, and for that reason, that's why he didn't have any friends. Not necessarily because of just, like, how he was in general, like, in the book where it was just, like, his personality and just, like, a lot of the kids just didn't get, just didn't get along with him. They just didn't, they just bullied him. Yeah. Or or left him alone. Whereas in the film, he's the new kid and... Why he spends time at the library is that's just that they kind of kept that with the book where he spent uh, in the book. He spent a lot of time at the library, but that's how they explained it in the film. And it did kind of work because he became the audience's way of learning about the town. Like his character in the movie, they used him to kind of introduce the audience to Derry and to Pennywise and to kind of delve into the history of who Pennywise was and his connection to the town and how every uh, 30 years he comes back mm-hmm. to wreak havoc. And what I think is interesting is how, this is again a spoiler for the book, is after they defeat... Slash Penny, movie. Like. <laughs> slash movie. Well, not so far in the movies, really. Uh-huh. Um, once they defeat Pennywise, for for good and all, at least as as, as much as we think, yeah, Derry starts to fall apart, and that's something that I found kind of fascinating because like after um after they can after they confront uh, Pennywise in the eighties, um, there's like a giant storm and the storm just destroys downtown Derry, and in a way that's because like Pennywise, I guess because somehow his his magic helped keep the town floating. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting and in how... Like, like I said... Um, I wonder if they'll go into that in the second film. This is, I was wondering about that too, yeah. Because um, they have changed a lot. Uh, they did change um, Mike's character. And in the... Because they changed the times, uh, it makes sense as how they would kind of change his ter- character. Because in the books, why he's an outcast is because he's the only black kid at the school. Whereas in the films, it's because he's homeschooled on a farm. Um, and the changes like that. I was okay with as a fan of the books because, you know, they're changing time periods. And, like, not to say that it wouldn't make sense, but they're trying to make it more, like, relatable to modern audiences. Yeah. So I was okay with that change. One thing that did kind of bug me was one of my favorite bits in the book was the story of the black spot. It was just so... I enjoyed how well-written it was, how... uh, Remember what the black spot was. The black spot was... um, It was when Mike's uh, grandfather was telling him about the... Oh, the... The bar slash class club where all the... um, Dick Howard made an appearance in there, yeah. Where the black people of the town, that's where they were welcome. That's where they'd hang out. And then... Went on one of its like, I guess last hurrahs. Last hurrahs was he burned down the black spot with a bunch of people in it. So in the film, they introduce Mike's fear as um, people being trapped in a burning building, and yeah. and so how they introduce it, I was I was like, oh shoot, they're going to talk about the black spot, but then they introduce it as. He lives with his, what was it, his grandfather or uncle? His uncle, I thought. His uncle, yeah, um, on the farm because his parents died in a burning building. And I was kind of, I don't know, because later in the book, why they bring up the black spot is because Mike is the one that stays in Derry while everyone else leaves. 
and Mike does the research and he's building up all like the evidence and trying to find how they can defeat it once and for all. So as someone who loves the books and loved that bit, I was kind of kind of unsettled by it because I'm like, damn, like the Black Spot was such a good story. It would have been interesting to see that. It was really good. And then also, how are they going to translate that in the second film? How is Mike going to be, you know, going to stay in Derry? Like, what's the reasoning behind him staying while everyone leaves? Well, that's a good point. I also think, like, one of the other interesting things that they did, like like you mentioned, they they changed the decade. So instead of it taking place in the 50s, like it was in the book, it takes place in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And because of the, there's some obvious little pop culture nuggets that they throw in there, the, the new kids on the block running joke, the... Oh, they have the Beetle, uh, the Beetlejuice poster. There's and, the Beetlejuice poster, uh, and they're, shoot, they're showing Batman, or not not Batman, they're showing Lethal Weapon 2 and uh, something else. Uh, oh, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah. And there was talk in production, because... Um, I believe Warner Brothers partially owns New Line Cinema. I can't remember that off the top of my head. But there were talks about having Freddy Krueger be one of the things that uh, it takes the takes the um, mm-hmm. form of to scare the kids. And they never did that. And I was a little... I mean, it made sense because, you know, copyright stuff. And yeah. it's going to cost a little more money to do that stuff. But it would but it would have been a really kind of a cool thing to actually get, like, copyrighted characters thrown in on the thrown in on it but mm-hmm. so another thing that I find that that's I don't think it worked that well because they moved it to the 80s so in the book Henry Bowers Henry Bowers is if you know the Stephen the Stephen King cliches he's like the cartoonishly evil one of the cartoonishly evil characters in his books yeah and Henry Bowers he hates on the name Ben Hanscom Ben Hanscom uh Mike, uh, basically every everyone in the Losers Club. Yeah, everyone in the Losers Club. But he, but like during the the whole stone throwing incident, um, he's attacking. It's 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 Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Mike. And the reason his reasoning makes it it makes sense for a fifties setup where it's 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 a race thing and it's mm-hmm. uh the whole fact that like. One, he's calling him slurs, and yeah. it's also just uh, also going back to the black spot. Uh, Henry Henry Bowers' uh, grandfather was I uh, one of the people who burned down the black spot. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's a way of connecting like this hatred through generations to Henry yeah. Bowers and. A connection between their families, mm-hmm. and Henry Bowers, he even killed Mike's dog. In, yeah, that's true. In the books, and so there's a lot of hatred there, where they didn't really explain it too much in the films. They were just like, "We're gonna have him be a bully." He yeah. did this. His scene though, where he killed his dad, where it yeah. got to him, that was very well done. Mm. That I thought that translated very well from the book it to did. the film. But I will say that, like, the way that he's bullied in the uh, in the eighties, I don't think I think I think it's something that would, that works better for uh, the product of the nineteen fifties. And so when they moved to the eighties, it does it just doesn't kind of feel, it feels a little off. I mean, it's not a huge thing. It, mm-hmm. I can I can easily look over it because it's it's a it's a it's a nitpick for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely like when Henry kills his dad. Um, and there's the whole bit with the TV turns on and it's Pennywise and all the kids saying, kill him, kill him, kill him. Yeah. That was fantastic. I think um, going to that, just the acting in, in the film, uh, one thing that I really loved about this adaptation and that I would can say, like, I would defend it as a good adaptation is they kept the actors did such a good job of portraying the characters. Uh, all the uh, child actors in this film, like Finn Wolfhard did such a good job being Richie Tozier. Like, oh, he was fantastic. <laughs> and Jaden Lieberheiber. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Eddie Kasprick, uh, they did such a good job of playing off of each other. And yes. in the books, like how 
the banter is written between these kids. It just went, they were able to capture that and just do such a good job of, you know, uh, playing that out. And it, like, the kids talking over each other felt very natural. So I would, like, after watching the film and seeing how this kid's acted, like, I can say that this is a good adaptation because one, the characters felt very true to the book. The tone and the things that, like, the horror behind it and also just the, like, childhood and the adventure aspect of the film, I mean, the book, translated well to the film. So, like, the core bits of it for me, like, uh, I felt did they did a good job of portraying that in the films. Absolutely. I definitely think this is one of King's best adaptations. Even King himself has come out to say it's one of his favorites. And that's like, he's got a lot of adaptations. And he oh, only, yeah. like, only a handful of them, like, he likes. And even some of the ones that everybody loves, he hates. Which ones? He hates the uh, Stanley Kubrick Shining. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's got, he's got some good reasons <laughs> for it, but, um, yeah. It's, we might have to talk about that later. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> so, um... I think we've had everything we've needed to say. I just, uh, I feel like the overall essence of the story is the same, that the main themes and ideas that they convey, like, across uh, this adaptation is pretty good. That even though the miniseries doesn't hold up anymore, it's still... As good elements. It has good elements. So for, for a book to film, to TV book to screen adaptation like it's it's a good one it's a good one. Oh yeah oh yeah um i guess i loved it i think that the one thing that shocked me the most about all of this was that for a horror film it made me really miss being a kid just all the things that they that they do and like when they're not trying to fight it and they're just hanging out and they're being kids and the stuff that the dumb shit that they would talk about and the whole um the whole way that all the characters are, are shown as true kids. I mean, I think it's quite, I think Stephen King has a good eye for, for characters. I mean, mm-hmm. he knows how to write good characters. He knows how people talk. And, and that he, was, it was translated well to the film. It was translated exceptionally well. And Andy Muschietti, the um, director who also directed a little scene, a horror film called Mama. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for part two because, as most people know, the um, the new It film is only the first part, The Losers Club. Yeah. And part two is going to come out in two years, I it believe. looks like. And they're going to start shooting in February. Yeah. And what? there's rumors about the cast, like they're yeah. gonna, who they're going to cast as the 30-year-olds because now they have, now that the film has did as well as it did, there's a lot more chance that it's going to have a bigger bigger budget and it's going to get bigger uh, cast members for the second part like just to to wrap this up neatly what is like one thing that you would like to see from the book in the second uh, in the film in the second film well it's sort of a character that um, didn't really show up very much in the miniseries mm-hmm. so it's, it's basically Bev, Beverly's husband who is a disgusting, vile human being. I think his name is Tim. Yeah, Tim. Um, so in the book, he um, he doesn't like Bev smoking. And whenever Bev smokes, he like beats her. And she eventually gets out of his grasp and leaves to go to Derry. Because that's when she, get the fo- she gets the phone call from, from Mike to come back to Derry. Mm-hmm. So they come back. However, in in the miniseries, he just she just like kicks the shit out of him for kicking the shit out of her, and she leaves, and he never you never hear from him again. In the book, he goes after her, yeah, going so far as to, to hunt down her best friend, beat her to a bloody pulp to get an- answers about where she went, and then when she when he goes to Derry, uh, Pennywise takes advantage of that and helps yeah. add some add a lot of creepy stuff. I think there could be some really cool stuff that they could use with his character, especially with how um, 
maybe have it so when Bev comes back to Derry, Pennywise takes the form of Tim to 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 try to really scare her. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I I'm kind of more hoping that they just kind of stay faithful to the book because even though I love the second half of the book, I still think it's it's no it's weak compared to the 1957 the Losers Club section. I kind of have to like agree like the I for the second part I would like to see um again with Bev just how visual how visual like when she first sees it again and how it's like an old lady and it's the takes t- the form of the witch yeah. takes the form of the witch like it was such a visual like creepy scene I would love to see that and see how they do that on film but um I don't know I'm excited I'm excited to see what they do mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting and since I was able to survive the first one I think I can survive the second half yes I, I, I made it I made I made it without any scary clown nightmares so I think I can conquer my fear <laughs> some more and watch the second half oh I'm excited yeah and it's going to be good mm, it's going to be ex- great and you just have to wait two years but. and to our listeners um if you don't want to read the actual book, there's an there's a great audio book. It's currently available on Audible. Of it, it's 44 hours long, but it's read by Stephen Weber, and it's fantastic. He does a fantastic job. It is a fantastic audio book. Might be one of my favorites. Um, and just the way that he's able to voice certain characters, and he really gets you in your. It really gets you in the in when you're. Uh, I can't word. I can't words today. Oh, words I'm are so hard. sorry. <laughs> I am sorry, people. But no, he does a good great. job of like drawing you in with his voice, and he gives each character a different sound. But you, it's not cheesy. It works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, so tell me, Selena, what are we thinking about for next week? Or no, not and for our next episode. Well, since it is, since it is Spoop Mom, we will continue with the Spoop. Hmm. Might have to do it some. Might have to sink our sink our teeth into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks for listening, and until next time, this is then time to adapt. <laughs> now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.